flame goes out in Lausanne. Hello and welcome to this edition of Around the Rings Radio. I'm Ed Hula. The 2020 Winter Youth Olympic Games come to a close in Lausanne, Switzerland. For the past two weeks, more than 1,800 athletes have taken part in this third edition of the Winter Youth Olympic Games. That's from a record 79 countries. Final medals were contested on Wednesday, including a gold medal for the Russian men's ice hockey team. The U.S. coming in second place for the silver before a capacity crowd. Around the rings, Brian Pinelli was on the scene in Lausanne and joins us to talk about the Games as we watch the closing ceremony on the Olympic Channel. The Youth Olympic Games in Lausanne appears to have been a a low-key event, but a popular one. There were big crowds, uh, for example, at the ice hockey final today and now at the closing ceremony. Brian Pinelli, uh, welcome to Around the Rings Radio. Bonsoir, Monsieur Hula. Yeah, bonsoir, vous. <laughs> Très bien, Monsieur. It was a nice experience there over the 13 days in Lausanne as we see the athletes now parading in groups uh, into the closing ceremony there in downtown Laflon. And I'll, I'll tell you, it was it was bustling on many nights, Ed, for the medal ceremonies. As you mentioned, a, a low-key event, but I feel it had a really good balance. There was enough enthusiasm and pageantry and fun, but, you know, nothing was overdone. Uh, there weren't enormous crowds in the mountains, but there were sunny alpine days. Everybody was enjoying themselves, great competitions. Uh, exciting action, uh, transportation ran well, and uh, I think overall, as as Mr. Bach uh, said in his closing press conference earlier today, it was a you know it, it was a successful uh, Youth Olympic Games, the third edition there in Lausanne and Saint Moritz, and uh, of course over the border in France as well. Um, is you know is this what everybody was expecting? Uh, did did we have any expectations that it would be? grand it was going to purposely be um kind of a, a quiet low-key event yeah i think so uh, you know you try not to go into events like these with expectations but uh the swiss organizers did a tremendous job you know everything ran well uh weather cooperated uh athletes all seemed happy uh as we've discussed many times they implemented this two-way system to ease the burden on lausanne the local community so, uh, you know, uh, 900 athletes in, uh, they leave one day and 900 new athletes, you know, come in. So uh, Christoph Duby said uh, it went well. He said maybe it was slightly chaotic. And in the future, they would like to make the transition in 48 hours, not 24. But, uh, you know, nevertheless, it, it was it was a pretty good system, I think, uh, implemented for the first time at a Youth Olympic Games. And they're going to try this uh, with the subsequent editions of the uh, Yog, including the next summer Yog in uh, Dakar, Senegal in 2022, the, the two-wave system. Yeah, absolutely. See, it seems like a good way to go. Uh, the athletes were, were housed there in, in the Vortex, which was quite near the Vaudois Arena, where, of course, ice hockey uh, was and, and, and figure skating and short track just next door. Um, transportation was sensational. You know, we, we used public transportation, as did all the NOCs, for the first time. And Mr. Bach even said, you know, maybe it would be a little bit of a concern for, for some of the larger NOCs, but everyone kind of bought into this system, uh, the Swiss National Railway and obviously the, the metro and the local transportation in Lausanne 
uh, all worked pretty well. And, uh, you know, once again, like slightly low key event, but, uh, you know, everything was, was very pleasant, enjoyable. And, uh, I didn't hear any major complaints, which I guess is a good sign. Yeah. Uh, we're talking with Brian Pinelli, who's been in Lausanne covering the Winter Youth Olympic Games, the third edition of the Games. The uh, opening, or rather closing ceremonies taking place right now, a very short ceremony, about 50 minutes long is uh, all we're expecting, as opposed to uh, a couple of hours, which is kind of the standard, standard length for some closing ceremonies. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, somewhat you know, similar to the to the model also of, of the first Winter Youth Olympic Games. We were there in Innsbruck, Ed. Wow, hard to believe it's already been uh, been uh, eight years. And, uh, you know, they had the same model where they didn't use a stadium or an arena for the closing ceremony, but, you know, rather came there in, into a public atmosphere um, with, with good energy as we see the, the, the Yogli, the, the mascot right now mingling with the athletes and uh you know it, it just makes sense as opposed to you know firing up the arena again considering they just had the gold medal hockey game conclude uh, a, a few hours ago yeah um a- any other comparisons with the past winter youth olympic games um size wise about the same size a little bit bigger but not substantially yeah obviously more athletes as we talked about uh uh, 1,872 athletes from 79 nations over 13 days at these games. Uh, you know, definitely an increase in athletes, but, uh, you know, they all, they all seemed quite similar, I guess, you know, more energy, more enthusiasm, arguably, you know, for these games being in the Olympic capital, although obviously Austria and Norway are, are such passionate winter sports countries, but, you know, of note at, uh, 12 NOCs competing for the first time in a winter games, including Trinidad and Tobago, Thailand, Hong Kong, uh, Qatar. So, you know, I think we kind of see the, the the wealth of winter sports spreading into some of the, you know, warmer weather nations. We've, we've come a long way since since the Jamaican bobsled team in, in Calgary in 1988. Yeah. How was the level of competition? Um, some of the some countries got their their first medals, winter youth Olympic medals. Uh, do we see some future winter Olympians in these competitions? You know, I, I think so. It's it's always a little bit difficult to, you know, to judge talent of young athletes. But, you know, two prime examples, of course, are Chloe Kim, who won gold in, in halfpipe in Pyeongchang just two years after she won two gold medals at the Lillehammer um, Youth Olympic Games. Uh, Slovakian Petra Valhova, another example right now, the you know, the world's number two World Cup skier only behind Michaela Schifrin. She had Youth Olympic Games success. So, you know, it's always a challenge to try to predict who will kind of, you know, move on to, to bigger and, and greater things in senior Olympics. And I think there are a couple of examples here. Uh, a Chinese freestyle skier, Gu Eileen, Eileen, 16 years old. She won two gold medals, winning in, in ski halfpipe and a silver in ski slope style. She actually resides in San Francisco with her Chinese mother. But she says competing for China, she feels maybe she has more potential to influence young, you know, winter sports athletes. So she's one to watch. And the other one that caught my eye is an Estonian, another freestyle skier from Estonian, Estonia, Kelly Sildaru. And, uh, 
you know, Kelly dominated the ski slope style event. And, you know, usually this is a springboard, right, to senior world championships. Well, for Kelly, she already has a senior world championship gold medal from last year in Park City. And she really asserted her dominance here, believe it or not, for Estonia. And I, I think she's definitely, a, you know, a serious medal contender come Beijing 22. So, uh, you know, obviously some of the young hockey players from from U.S. and and Canada, you know, they'll go on to bigger and better things. So, you know, it, it, it really is hard to decipher. And, and, and the one last athlete I wanted to point out, Ed, who I think was kind of the darling of these games was Swiss skier Amelie Klopfenstein, who won two gold medals and a bronze. And she wasn't even named to the Swiss Alpine ski team until days before the first competition due to an illness of one of her teammates. So, uh, you know, quite the surprise and, uh, you know, an another athlete that looks like has a promising future uh, in over the years ahead. This final day of the uh, competition in the Youth Olympic Games, Russia won the gold medal in the uh, men's hockey tournament. Uh, given their circumstances, uh, with a possible pending suspension from the sports scene for about four years, handed down by the World Anti-Doping Agency, uh, depending on how the appeal comes out, um, we may we may not see Russia in international competition for a few more years, and this might have been their last gold medal for a while. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, actually, a dominant performance by these young Russians, and you kind of wonder, um, you know, if they are aware of the of the the larger, the bigger picture. There, uh, they beat the U.S. four zero pretty handedly. U.S. came in undefeated. And, uh, you know, proud moment for them as they, they raised the Russian Federation flag. And you saw the young athletes singing the Russian national anthem. But, you know, as you mentioned, uh, this may not be the case again for, you know, more than two years and, and two Olympics, depending on uh, on how the, the, the appeal there at CAST turns out. Yeah, we're watching the closing ceremony of the Youth Olympic Games in Lausanne, Switzerland. Uh, big open air ceremony, the Swiss flag flying right now. Soon the flame will be extinguished for the games. Uh, interesting flame, too, Olympic flame. Not powered by natural gas as they traditionally have been, but by wood pellets, part of the sustainability deal with the uh, Youth Olympic Games. Yeah, very nice. The, the same there in, in Samaritz, which, of course, were the sliding events. And uh, speed skating was held there on the beautiful outdoor frozen lake. And uh, right across from the main hotel, a nice little Swiss restaurant. And we had dinner there on, on Sunday night before heading back to Lausanne. And we look out the window and sure enough, there is the Olympic flame about seven meters away, which was a, a little bit of a surprise, kind of had an idea where it was, but you know, you didn't realize the location in proximity to this uh, little uh, cozy restaurant. So, so that was kind of neat. And, uh, and I think, you know, just to mention Samaritz played a spectacular role in these games kind of a, a, a late addition for the sliding events, of course, at the venerable uh, Olympia Bob Track, snaking through the hillside there in the 1928 and 1948 city, Olympic city. And of course, the speed skating on the lake, which everybody said was, you know, it was so charming and, and, and so nice. And, you know, going back to years when, right, there was outdoor speed skating in Lake Placid and, and Innsbruck. And uh, I, I think that was kind of recaptured here. There weren't, you know, uh, big stands. It wasn't a big uh, setup with, with major infrastructure. It was just uh, some speed skaters uh, making turns uh, on an outdoor frozen lake, which was quite spectacular. 
very ele- elemental the way the the sport began. Yeah, the uh, athletes are more, or the flag bearers are parading into the into the closing ceremony as we speak here. Uh, because of the two-wave system, they've had to recruit some volunteers apparently to carry the flags. Yeah, you informed earlier that 21 nations will have volunteers carrying their flags. Obviously, some of the countries only with a few athletes, uh, you know, assuming that they competed uh, during the first wave. So perhaps not an athlete to uh, to carry the flag. And, you know, just just to point out, maybe the two wave system did cause a little bit of confusion. The Italians initially had their young short track speed skater who was involved in, you know, promoting the Milan Cortina 26 bid, Elisa Confortola, and she was going to be the flag bearer for the opening ceremony. She was announced, and then they realized that she wouldn't be there for the opening ceremony with the short track events taking place during the second wave. So, you know, a a little bit new to everyone, but, you know, nevertheless, a a good system, but maybe a few hiccups there uh, along the way. The statistics from the Youth Olympic Games say about 1,000 media registered credential media for these games uh, from just about 40 countries. Um, How would you assess the amount of attention that the media paid to the competitions here? Well, I I think it's always a challenge, Ed. It's not only a journalist, but I will admit I I have become a big fan of the Youth Olympic Games. And I don't want to say I completely take it personally, but, uh, you know, I, I do feel there should be more major coverage from major media outlets uh, around the world. I mean, you know, there was a nice presence, no doubt. I guess the positive aspect is that, you know, the media from different countries actually cooperates and (laughs) helps each other out as opposed to the Olympics where, you know, it's much more of a battle, more of a scrum, more of a, you know, who, who can come in first. So I guess that's the positive aspect, but, um, you know, uh, a good turnout, but, but you know, definitely not an overwhelming uh, uh, media presence at these games. And, and I think you have to take into account also that we're in the middle of the winter World Cup skis, ski season. Obviously, Alpine and Nordic and freestyle going on on the senior level. And, you know, you look at this past weekend, Ed, they just ran probably the most famous sporting event in Switzerland, the Lauberhorn Downhill in Wengen. You know, 40,000 people show up for this race and and media. So, you know, I wonder a little bit, and I'm sure there was, you know, many reasons, but I wonder a little bit uh, about the scheduling of these Youth Olympic Games this time of year with with the Lauberhorn downhill going on in Bengen, which, uh, you know, the Swiss are so passionate about. Well, this is a good time to talk about the future of the Winter Olympics then. Uh, We have a a host city for 2024, and that will be a, a spot well familiar with the Olympic Winter Olympic crowd, Pyeongchang in South Korea, and actually Gangwon, the province of Gangwon, will be the uh, uh, official host of uh, of this games in 2024. Not Pyeongchang, but uh, you know, how do you see the the future of this event developing? Yeah, well, obviously these will be the first uh, Winter Youth Youth Olympic Games, not held in, in Europe after our three editions in Innsbruck, Lillehammer, and, and here in Lausanne. So uh, heading to Asia for the first time. Uh, I, I think the Youth Olympic Games have good momentum. Again, as we just talked about, it's always a, a, a challenge to, to spread the message. Obviously, the Olympic Channel does a tremendous job uh, watching the feed now of the closing ceremony, uh, the gold medal game uh, uh, earlier today. But, but I think it, it, it comes back to the sustainable model, right? You have all these 
modern venues there in Pyeongchang at the Olympic Park that were just used a few years ago. And, and I believe with the model of uh, the Gangwang uh, Youth Olympic Games in a couple of years, all but maybe one, all but maybe Jiangsan, where they had the Alpine Speed events, uh, will, will be used for those Youth Olympic Games. So I think the Koreans were excited uh, there at the IOC session on the Friday uh, just after the game started, of course, it was announced uh, with, with this new bidding process uh, that they kind of, you know, vet out supposedly uh, uh, cities and, and, and candidates that, that aren't worthy. And, uh, you know, no, no vote, no, no major hoopla. But uh, I guess this is, the, you know, the way of the future as far as uh, selecting youth Olympic game cities, at least for now. So if, if Asia will host the 2024 and Europe is the held numbers one through three, it would seem that North America would be next in line for a Winter Youth Olympic Games. Uh, that would be fun. Why not? Uh, you know, all this talk, obviously, about Salt Lake City and, and Park City putting in a, a a bid and being one of the, the strong contenders for 2030. But, you know, on, on a personal uh, basis, a personal level, with these games being smaller than the Olympic Games, I would love to see a return to Lake Placid, New York. There, there in the Adirondacks, with obviously uh, America's uh, fantastic uh, Winter Olympics history. Obviously, the Miracle on Ice in 1980 and Eric Hyden's five gold medals. So, you know, I, I think you have more options for a Youth Olympic Games just because of the smaller scale. Um, you know, for perhaps Canada, it would be interesting to see. But uh, hopefully, they spread the wealth. The, the impact, the effort required to stage these games materially less than what it takes to put on a Winter Olympics of today. People have talked about a, re a return to Lake Placid, but it's, it just doesn't seem feasible given the size of the place and the complexities and demands of the current Winter Olympics. But a Youth Olympic Games, it's a different story. Ed, but come on, you, you have to revert back to the to the guidelines of Agenda 2020, okay? It all doesn't have to be in Lake Placid. We can have uh, ice hockey, short track, and uh, uh, a figure skating in either uh, Montreal or Quebec. I mean, that would work perfectly, right? And we've set the precedent here by having events in Switzerland and France during these Winter Youth Olympic Games as well. Yeah, so, you know, why not? Why not, why not have multiple countries? Uh, you know, I think France, uh, unfortunately, I, I didn't make it over to Les Tufts for, for the Nordic events. But, you know, those who, who did venture west of Lausanne, over, west of Switzerland, I should say, over the border, um, you know, enjoy their time now. And, and this looks like a, a model for the future, right? I mean, we want, obviously, everybody wants venues that are in place and, and don't have to be built and, and, and don't cost exorbitant amounts of money. Hence, going to San Moritz for, you know, for bobsleigh. And, and, and you know, not, not to get ahead of things too much, but it'll be interesting with the Milan Cortina 26 bid because uh, a lot of history there at the Cortina bobsleigh track. But, you know, apparently there's a, a, you know, a lot of dissent from potentially the IOC and others saying, hey, let's not renovate this bobsleigh track in, in, in Italy for 50 million. Let's, let's go to San Moritz. Let's, let's go to Innsbruck. So it's a model that you know, makes sense, and, and I think we'll continue to see moving forward. And finally, the I think the saddest person or, or saddest creature in Lausanne today, tonight, this week, will be Yodley, the lovable cow mascot of these Winter Youth Olympic Games. Hugs for everybody from Yodley. A cheerful visage everywhere he went. Yes, Ed, just to, just to point out, part cow, 
part goat and part St. Bernard dog. And just, you know, one last quick antidote. I wasn't quite sure to what to make of, of Yodley. Um, you know, a friendly guy, you know, good with the kids. But I said, this, this blend is, you know, a little bit interesting. And then finally, there at the top of the bobsleigh track in San Moritz the other day on this beautiful sunny Sunday where His Royal Highness Prince Albert II, five-time Olympic bobsled pilot, I saw him giving a high five to Yodely at the top of the track. And I said, you know what? If the prince is buddies with Yodely and gives him the thumbs up, then you know what? Yodely's great in my book as well. Yodely will be remembered for a long time. He's a great character at these Youth Olympic Games for sure. <laughs> All right, Brian, thanks a lot for talking with us today. Thank you, Ed. Hey, just one last thing very quickly. Just wanted to point out, also interesting, looking ahead to Beijing 22, you know, China finished ninth in the medal table with 10 medals, including three gold. They bettered both Norway and Canada, the traditional winter sports powers. So, uh, you know, just, just interesting heading toward Beijing 22 that, that China, as is maybe not a huge surprise, is, uh, is, is really stepping up their game. They, the Chinese performed well, obviously led by this freestyle skier we talked about, short track speed, speed skaters, figure skaters. So uh, I think China may be on its way to becoming a winter sports power, as was promised uh, in, in the lead up to the, to the bid victory. Yeah, delivering, del delivering, as you say, on the promise they made to uh, stage 2022 Winter Olympic Games that did encourage and boost winter sports in China. So, all right, that, uh, that does it from these winter youth Olympic games. Uh, we've got the ones in Pyeongchang to look forward to Yodli on stage at the closing ceremony, a joyful event that'll be over. Oh, very quickly, a very truncated ceremony as far as those go at the Olympic games. Brian, uh, thanks again, uh, for reporting from Lausanne and have a good one. Au revoir, Monsieur Hula. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Around the Rings Radio. I'm Ed Hula, your best source of news about the Olympics. For more than 25 years, aroundtherings.com. <laughs>